0: Hi, I'm Rob Knight, the host of Your Itinerary for Travel and Photography. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the Cashfly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with Cashfly. And now, pay as you go. Start with 2 terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. TWiP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease.
1: This is TWiP episode 443, Happy Holiday Photos. The holidays are upon us. You may be knee-deep in snow, romping on the beach, or enjoying a summer barbecue. Whatever the weather, we all want to document the holidays with family. We kick off the show with a panel discussion about making holiday photos and videos of family. The panel also shares what photography gifts we give and what we would like to receive. Is Apple a few years too late with its camera to phone adapter support in the most recent iOS update? It's great to be able to cut out the middleman when sharing photos. The adapters let you do that. You can upload directly to your iPhone or iPad. But with many of the newer Wi-Fi enabled cameras and Wi-Fi memory cards, we can already do that. Usually, the Pirelli calendar is filled with scantily clad models. But this year, Annie Leibovitz photographed a variety of accomplished women for the Italian Tire Company's calendar. And most of them are dressed. Leibovitz said, perhaps clothed women are going to have a moment. I'm Jenny Stein, filling in for Frederick Van Johnson. I'm joined by Lee Herbert and Erica Thornis. It's Monday, December 14th, and this is TWiP. Welcome to TWiP 443. I'm Jenny Stein. I host uh, TWiP Family on the TWiP Network. So it's a podcast for parents and other people with families, which is everybody. And it's uh, talking about uh, family photography. We talk about all different topics. And uh, I've been doing that for about six months, and I'm having uh, just a ton of fun with that. And now I'm getting to host uh, TWIP while Frederick is off gallivanting. You can see some of his um, some of his videos from Vietnam on frederickvan.com. There's some gruesome stuff from a market: some worms and some frogs being cut up. <laughs> He has a warning on one of them, which is fun. Anyway, so that's been neat, and that's where Frederick is, and that's why I'm here. And I have with me Erica and Lee. So we'll introduce, uh, have people say who they are. So Erica, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Erica Thornis, and I'm
2: a photographer based out of San Diego, California. Um, I like to say that I like to capture joy, and I am known for my pictures in and around water, so I like to take pictures at the beach and in my pool, so yeah. yeah. So and you're in San Diego. I'm in San
1: Diego, so I can do it year-round. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is nice. And you have been on TWIP before. You've been on TWIP Family, and you've also been on The Fix. Yes, I have. Right. Yep. So this is your first time on TWIP. On, uh... The main show. <laughs> well, welcome. And Lee, hello.
3: Hello. Um, so, me. Um, I'm, a, I'm a videographer based in Melbourne, Australia, although I'm at the moment um, at my parents' house in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, it, it's oh, okay. funny, um, Erica, that you talk about passion because my, my company is called Capturing Passion and um, we, do, we do mostly corporate stuff and, and what I say to my clients, you know, a lot of people would think, you know, a, a, a corporate video about accountancy would be boring It's a boring thing, and yet if you're passionate about what you do, no matter what you do, it'll come across.
0: Yes,
1: mm-hmm. and I would like to recommend people go over to Lee's site and there's at the top of the site, there's a, you can click right on fun, and I liked you right away when I saw that. Oh dear. <laughs> Very cool. I'm going there just immediately that, after. Just that you had fun there, and then it gets better because it's a series of videos that he made for his wife on her birthday. And it, I mean, it's wonderful. Thank you for putting that out in the world.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It is a lot of fun,
1: and a lot of work. You put a lot of work into it, too.
3: It's, yeah, it's actually, uh, the last three years, we, we've had a production team of about three or four people involved um, in, in getting them shot.
1: That is great. Well, welcome everyone. I'm glad to get started with our show. So the way we're going to start the show today is we're going to discuss photographing your family during the holidays. The holidays are just around the corner and that means families will soon be gathering together to celebrate the season. The holiday season is, perfect, is a, the perfect opportunity to capture those special moments. Today, we're going to have a discussion about how to photograph your family during the holidays and how to best ensure that you are not left out of the photos. That's a trick. And um, plus, we're going to share great photography items that you can give as a photographer and some suggestions uh, for gifts that you can give to a photographer. So let's start talking about some of our favorite ways to photograph our families around the holidays. Erica. Well,
2: <laughs> I just posted an article over on Photo Focus about this, um, just about um, getting out the cool boca from the Christmas tree. So, having people step in front or sit on a stool about four or five feet in front of the Christmas tree so you can get some really cool lighting effects with the tree behind them. So, that's a fun thing to do that is pretty easy. Um, yeah, just set up kids and have them just chain through all the different kids and have them set up in front of the Christmas tree to get a photo if you want a more formal shot.
1: Yeah, and you uh, in your article, you wrote about uh, the length of the lens. Do you want mm-hmm.
2: to talk about that? I am going to say the longest lens you can get for your space um, will create bigger balls of light bokeh, so you can get the bigger Christmas effect with all those Christmas tree lights if you use a lens that's maybe... If you're using a kit lens, up to the 55 millimeters be up there. And if you have a longer lens, I like to shoot between like 135, 85 works too. So try and extend that lens out as long as you can and keep the aperture as open as you can to get that really cool lighting effect with the Christmas tree.
1: Yeah, it's so great. There's lights everywhere. Lee, Mm -hmm. what do you like to do? And it's summer, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's summer, so um, shorts and barbecues for us, really. Um, we're not we're jealous. jealous. At all. Hey, look, hey. you know what? I mean, we 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 are we, jealous too because you know we never get to have a white Christmas. So well, neither, does,
1: neither does Erica. No,
2: no. I was gonna say we're in our shorts and t-shirts too. <laughs>
3: I'm the only uh, one. Like I said, I, I do video. So um, for photos, I actually you know just just use my iPhone because particularly at a family event you know, I don't want to make it a huge production. I don't know about you guys, but if someone tells me, oh, we want it done, you know, properly, then I sort of take it a little bit too far, you know, in comes the <laughs> lights, and uh, I've got a gaffer, and uh, oh, that's Dave, he's the sound guy, you know, <laughs> you see, and all. I've and, had oh. that
2: problem in the past, and I've yeah, learned yeah. a simple fixed 35mm lens, you know, just the 35, because it's wide enough, because I can crop in if I need to, and a little bounce flash, and I'm good to go. If I do anything more extreme than that, then all the old start complaining and grumbling.
3: <laughs> and, and the kids get scared by reindeer and it, yeah, yep. it, it gets ridiculous. But, but what I would suggest, if, if you want to make some nice videos um, for the holidays and, and sort of, you know, basically make that make that commercial that makes everyone cry over the holidays.
1: Yeah, which, um, hey, wait, can I just, inter- have you noticed there are so many of those right now? There are. Do you see Ikea had one crying? There's some German one about a grandfather pretends that he dies. Did you guys see that?
2: No. No. I'm
1: going to link to it. And just in (laughs) case anyone needs a good cry, because it's manipulative, (laughs) but, you know, it's... Anyway, so how how do you make the videos, Lee, that make everyone cry? I need to know.
3: So, 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 so a couple of tips to, to make the videos that make all, all the people cry is, um, again, to keep it simple so you don't have to bring in all sort of a whole bunch of gear and stuff, if you just want to hold your camera handheld, just have it two hands, you know, one hand on the camera, one hand on the lens, and have it up against your forehead, so that's going to help you hold oh, it steady if you want right. to do sort of handheld, cause as many points of contact as possible. and then. Don't move the camera. Let your subjects move within your frame. So mm. set up your frame and because if you move the camera, it's going to get jittery. Mm-hmm. So just hold it nice and steady. And you only need to shoot five to ten seconds of any one thing. And when you start editing that together, you'll be amazed how quickly you can put a story together. And slow-mo, everything looks better. Grandpa <laughs> blowing his nose in slow-mo looks amazing. <laughs>
1: You're totally right. I mean slow-mo is super fun. <laughs> My brother had that at the beach. He was just doing it on his iPhone. I mean all we were doing was like dribbling a basketball. And these like seven-year-old girls are dribbling a basketball around and it looked super dramatic. <laughs> so, I love those tips. Those are really great. And I appreciate what you said about just you only need, how many seconds did you say? Five, like 10. five to ten seconds. And just See that's much better than what I did, which is one hot Fourth of July.
2: Um, I did a stop motion animation. So I took rapid fire on my camera and took maybe four thousand frames that day, and then pieced oh, them together.
1: And
3: that's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> well, it only took a little bit of time. I mean, is <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, how do you? What, what do you? Well, you probably use something super fancy to edit. But say you're someone yeah. that only edits still photos, but you have some footage
3: from your iPhone, and you just would wanna... you
2: recommend? Okay, if you were on an iPhone, would you recommend using iMovie, or would you just use absolutely?
3: It in- okay, absolutely. It's um if, if you're just using you know if you want to edit some video if you're on an iPhone. I mean I, I'll I'll tell you this, slightly I get distracted slight slight side story. I was shooting a wedding um a couple of months ago, and one of my pet peeves is people who shoot video in. Portrait mode. Oh, <laughs> please, wait, wait. please, Have it, you
1: seen Have you seen that? Really, there's a PSA about that. That's like a jokey PSA. Have you seen that?
3: Yeah, yeah, I have. I love that. And it, it's one of my pet peeves. So, like, seriously, when I see people at, at, at a wedding, like guests, and they're shooting like that, and I can see they're doing video, I just go up to them and go, "Look, excuse me, um, but can I just suggest you just do that?" I and mean... I always say them, you know, and you know, and the reason why is because nobody's TV is on the wall like that. It's a landscape.
1: Yeah, um, so when you're saying like that, you're holding your phone, it's like vertical. Have you noticed on just even like the evening news, they have, you know, they want to show people's videos and they have to do that thing where the sides the of the screen are blurred. Exactly. Everybody's doing that. Now, I've totally done the same thing where I've kind of just said to someone, just like, um, just uh, turn it the other way. I feel like I would say, you're doing two things wrong. One, put on your camera and enjoy the wedding. <laughs> and then yeah, the other thing, turn it, turn it sideways if you have to.
3: But so anyway, so so, so I went up to one of the guests during the ceremony and said, oh, look, you know, turn it sideways. And they're like, oh, yeah, thank you very much. And they come up to me afterwards a little perturbed. And they're like, oh, now it's the wrong way because they didn't stop recording. So they were recording in (laughs) portrait. And when I told them to change it into landscape, they changed it into landscape. And now no matter which way they had it, one way was wrong. And and I felt terrible because I was like, oh, like I'm the professional and i have just – what am I done? And so, and, and And I thought, oh, I've got to fix this. So you know, I, I, you know, I, I used to work for Apple, so I, I used to train for Apple. So, so I know a thing or two about video and Apple stuff. I said, oh, look, it was an iPhone. And I said, have you got iMovie on there? And she said, yes. And I just quickly had a Google search because I hadn't ever tried this on iMovie, iMovie on an iPhone. And you can actually just split it. And you can just rotate the video on the iPhone. So suddenly I was the hero because... I fixed it and I showed her a new thing. Um, but the purpose of that story was to say, iMovie on iOS on an iPhone, an iPod Touch, an iPad, is a lot more powerful than you might think it is. Mm-hmm. And particularly if you're just throwing together a video of five, ten second little bits all together, and you're mm-hmm. chopping off two bits at the end, two bits at the, you know, two seconds at the end, two seconds at the beginning. iMovie right. is more than sufficient to what you need.
2: Oh, great! Okay. <laughs> That's actually how I turned. I used iMovie to turn in my. Um, my lynda.com edition was
1: just using iMovie. (laughs) Oh good, oh that's great.
3: Well, Any other
1: things that they like to do for holiday pictures? Do you try to get groups together?
2: Only when asked, but um, a tip yeah. that I had talked about before was that in order to not annoy people, I always keep my camera next to me, but I will shoot for five minutes, and then I'll put it down for 20, and I'll bring it back up and shoot for five, and then put it back down for 20, so that way, I'm engaged, and I'm still there, but yet, still I'm still capturing the day as it goes on, but I'm not annoying the socks off of my entire family.
1: Because <laughs> they feel That's like really on, the, on the spot, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that good? Tell Erica, can you tell the story? She, this is if you listen to my podcast, you've heard it, but it's a good story about the picture, just the one picture of the little girl. Your niece. Yeah.
2: So what I do, like for Thanksgiving or Christmas, Christmas Eve, I just keep my camera next to me, but I don't always have it up to my eyes, Um, and I kind of just waited for an empty moment because I. I scour the scene constantly for what my picture of the day is, what that Christmas is going to mean to me. And I saw my little niece sitting at the end of a long table where everybody else had ditched her and gone and got their food. And she's sitting there patiently waiting at this empty table with the Christmas tree at the end. And I got the one picture. And. That, thing, that that Christmas, that was my shot of the year almost, and that Christmas is just represented as all of her family gathering with her just waiting patiently, and I love it, and it just kind of speaks, so I think that it's good to try and get one or two or maybe three iconic pictures from a year, and you don't need more than that. Those will keep the memories in place for you and for your family.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was just at uh, together with my family uh, just yesterday because my brother's in town, and um, And I noticed, I thought about that, uh, you know, just picking up the camera from time to time. We do like a really goofy thing where we all, we all lip sync. Hey, well, we we like this because (laughs) we all, the kids and the adults all, we like move the table back and make this big space and we all lip sync. But I don't. I didn't want to take. I took a few pictures of the lip sync. Like I realized, I didn't take. Need to get a picture of each person doing it because everybody mm-hmm. just looks ridiculous. But I thought of you. I thought of that kind <laughs> of instead of there's because we've done it a bunch of times and sometimes I just think, oh, well, I want to get each person. I don't really need all of them. And then I no, got you just it. need
3: and, some pieces. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I don't enjoy it. You know, I mm-hmm. don't enjoy it that much if I'm thinking about taking pictures the whole time. So that is great. Well, do you? Um, do either of you give? gifts, um, photo-related gifts at Christmas? I do. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I know a lot of people that are going to be getting some photos for Christmas.
2: Well I give I give the photos but I went to visit my uncle one year um, during the summertime and he had every single photo I had ever given him of my kids up so it was like really? oh yeah so he didn't put them away again and so he didn't rotate them so it was like okay maybe I need to take a break on sending you photos because they're all there <laughs> and so so um, I do it like every three or four years. I'll like send my husband's a mom a canvas, or you know, um, to ha- hang on her wall from like a you know something a vacation we dig together. Or I'll give photo books. A lot of times I'll um, a vacation that we did over the course of a year or a year before. I'll give um, a photo book, and it's it's partially selfish because I figure if I give them to older family members, eventually I'll get them back. So <laughs> so um, I'll make two copies of it. Sometimes I'll have one at my house and one at their house. House. And so then when my girls grow up, there'll be multiple copies floating around, so they'll inherit them as their adults. And it also keeps them safe from fires and floods and things like that.
1: That's great. And you go through the effort of making the book, so... Yes. Yeah, and yeah. the families
2: really enjoy them, and then they have a copy at their own house.
1: Yeah. Lee, what about you?
3: Um, yeah, books. I, I was going to say books. That's, that's probably my favorite one. Um, but if you have a photographer in your life, um, I definitely find... I, I try and find something practical, like uh, you know, you sort of try and pay attention to what they're doing during the year. So, if their lens, you know, if their lens always seems dirty, get them something to clean their lens, or if they're always running, always losing memory cards, get them a little memory card holder. And I, I, try, and, I try and sort of pay attention at least sort of six months leading up to the end of the year so that I know what it is would be useful.
2: Yeah, please, no more photo mugs. I have three of those lens mugs.
3: <laughs>
1: Oh, that looked like a lens. Is uh-huh. What you mean? Have, have,
3: have you ever been really tired and tried to say, take a sip out of one of your lenses?
1: <laughs> Thankfully,
2: no. They have a lot happened. of cup
3: holders.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Like they're thinking of you, and they're thinking, "I know what Erica will love. She'll love this mug."
2: That is it's so they're, sweet. That's but... funny.
1: You no, know, I can't. I can't think. I think it's hard to buy for photographers. Leah, oh, I love so what hard. you said because those were really good ideas. Because I mean, nobody. Lenses are too expensive to buy for anybody. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, what, so many things. Software is personal, and you either have it or you don't.
2: And, you know, it's fun to get new straps, but sometimes they're not the ones you want. But I really love the idea of little bags and doodads to hold filters in. Like, even things to, you would put sunglasses in if they're wide enough to put lens filters in, Mm. or things to clip lens caps on. Those things are useful. (laughs) Little tiny things for all our batteries and cables and stuff like that. I would love a bag that had a bunch of little zip ties, you know, those little… To
1: those, closed. Yeah. yeah,
2: to keep all the, the cords together and then to keep all of the you know lens caps and memory bags and everything just stuck into my camera bag. I'd be thrilled with something like that.
1: That's I know some
3: people at Think Tank. We'll talk later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a really good idea. I hadn't thought of uh, just those little bags. I know I have. My, my camera bag just has all this stuff everywhere. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time keeping track of it. So that is great. All right. Um, oh, and but we didn't talk about how to get yourself into the Christmas photos, so you're not the ghost of Christmas and, and don't exist there. <laughs> Yeah, I have a
2: new camera that I got just to take out for family gatherings and things, and it's like the Sony A6000. And I love the Sony's because they have a really good app for your phone, so I can go set my camera up on a tripod, and then I can either hand the remote off to my kids to sit there and click the shutter, or it can be with them in the picture, and it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be directly aiming at it, holding the, you know, shutter release, and you can see how you're posed and how you're you know, you're framed because it's actually a shutter release that's on the app and so you're looking through the lens live view as you're shooting it.
1: So you're looking at the shot that's going to happen on your phone.
2: Uh Uh-huh, yep. That's awesome. And so I can either pass that off and someone else can keep pushing the button and I've set all the settings or I can adjust it and set it and shoot it myself. Oh, that's What you can also
3: do is you can actually set a timer with yeah. the remote app. So you can set your shooting mode to shoot after two seconds or something, so you've got time to look down and then look up in those two seconds and smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, suggested using like doing a time-lapse to get yes. yourself in the photo. And that has been really fun. I've never tried that before. And, oh, um It's, it's
2: excellent for getting your workplace to clean their bedroom.
1: Uh, oh!
3: oh <laughs> is that is brilliant!
1: Good! All of the parents listening, listen to that. So you set a time-lapse. Yes, and he oh, said, yes. let's see how fast we can do this. Let's
2: watch this. And then they love to watch as the room gets clean. It's like I'm doing it. a
1: huge hit. It's really genius. funny. It really is genius. It's funny. The time last, we did one when we were out getting our Christmas tree. And the funny thing was one of my kids, we, my husband and I both had Santa Claus hats on. And one of the one of them took the hat off, and you just see the hat moving from picture to picture, and it ends up on a tree. But it was just it, what's funny about time lapse is there's it's not like a video where you actually see what's happening. It's just those gaps between it make it hilarious. So we had a good. Now, time.
3: now I've got I've got a, another suggestion for getting mm-hmm. yourself into the photos. Um, now this might be a swear word, and I'm I feel dirty just saying it. Um, <laughs> I can't. Wait. But you could you 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 could get a selfie stick. <laughs> I I know, I know, I know, I know. I think they are the spawn of Satan. But my sister in law has one, and she loves it, and she loves the photos she takes of it. So let let here is Without Sin cast the first stone, I say. Um, And I would never do it. But if If power to you, if you.
2: If it it gets you in the photos, go for it. I was going to suggest not everybody has a tripod on the holidays. You can just use a bag of rice. So set your camera up on a on a um, stool or a chair and set it on a bag of rice.
1: That is a great, another great idea, Erica. You're full of great ideas. <laughs> I Love all of these. This is really fun. So uh, that I have been putting my camera on hard spaces for so long and never thought to put it on a bag of rice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love it.
2: It's cheap. It's easy. It's there, and it will settle your camera and keep it stable. And you can angle it a little bit so you can get the right angle instead of always the down angle that happens when you set it on a flat surface.
1: Yeah.
2: So are you both going to the beach on Christmas Day? I am driving to Washington State. We're driving 24 hours up to Washington for Christmas. So I am not going to the beach. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> but you have, probably. I
2: I don't think I ever. Well, we do it around Christmas. Oh, I okay. already last week I took the kids to the beach with their Santa hats on, so know, that's that was fun. fun.
1: What about you, Lee?
2: What
3: are you doing? Uh, I'm Jewish, so we just eat Chinese food. Oh my! Um, nice. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, actually, this year my, my, my brother and, and my sister-in-law are flying in uh, from Auckland to Melbourne, uh, where I normally live. Um, so I'll actually be picking up my brother from the airport, which which is great for me because it'll it'll be it'll be great to see them and um, and catch up in my
1: All right. Well, good. Okay. So I think we're done with our Christmas stuff. That was great. And so we're going to go on to story number two. And story number two is iOS 9.2 lets you import photos to an iPhone directly from your camera. So last week, Uh, Apple rolled out the iOS 9.2 and among a host of minor features and fixes is new iPhone support for Apple's lightning to USB camera adapter. This means you can now connect your camera to your iPhone and import photos directly without having to use a computer as the middleman. The feature should be a boon for Instagram users who prefer to shoot photos with a dedicated camera before sharing them on the service. After connecting the adapter to your iPhone and connecting your camera to the adapter using USB, your iPhone will open up its photos app and allow you to import your photos and you can they're about gonna be about twenty nine dollars. What do you guys think? I think that's about four years too late. <laughs> Say more <laughs>
2: Well well, the thing is, it's like most cameras now. A lot of the point and shoots have Wi-Fi. Some of the bigger cameras have Wi-Fi. We have Wi-Fi cards, um, and this would have been cool three or four years ago when the iPads first came out, when they, when that was functioning. But it should have been put on the iPhone when the iPhone came out originally. So it's, you know, it's not the way that we're used to doing it now. I think we've gotten so used to being able to just transfer one or two photos o- over from our nicer cameras directly to our iPhones. Yeah, is that something you do? Me? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I always shoot with my my Sony and import them directly. And then, do you use Instagram?
3: I do.
1: Yes. So, see the, I know. Well, in, on well, Lee, talk. To, I would like you to talk about it now.
3: Um, okay. So, so uh, a couple of things. Number one, it it doesn't just work with the USB adapter. It also use works with the SD card adapter. Um, mm-hmm. So you can use either of those. Oh, okay. Now. I think Eric is exactly right where, you know, technology has kind of overtaken the process of doing this because, yeah, just like I I shoot Sony as well. Um, I've shot with Panasonic. I've shot with a bunch of different cameras. Um, And pretty much all the cameras nowadays have got a little USB button. Sorry, a a Wi-Fi button. You push the button and automatically you can send the photos to your phone. So for photos whatever. But for video, it is still really useful. So, um, for example, a, a couple of weeks ago, I actually a couple of months ago now, I was running a photo walk in, in Melbourne and it was the weekend that the iPhone success had come out. So I, I obviously had it on launch day because I'm one of those people. Um, and I was shooting a whole bunch of video at the photo walk. And I like to I'm, – I'm a pretty fast editor, so I like to edit stuff during the event. So I actually, we were all sitting down for dinner afterwards, all the photographers just catching up. So I actually wanted to take all those movies and put them on my iPad and start editing them. And transferring 4K video over Wi-Fi is less than ideal. So if, you know, I I actually was able to do it with a cable. So a really cool thing about this cable since the day, since it came out, was you, you can also use it to transfer photos and videos from an iPhone to an iPad. Oh, okay. So you can actually plug your iPhone via the USB cable into your that's iPad cool. and
2: that makes that really stuff. that seems yeah.
3: useful. So 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 now theoretically you can do it the other way around but you'd shoot stuff on your iPhone not your iPad. So yeah, I, I think Eric is right where yeah, it's nice, good for you, but you've kind of been left behind already.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay, well, after this quick break, we're going to talk about the 2016 edition of the famous Pirelli calendar. They broke tradition and generated some interesting conversation.
0: This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before... We use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or, you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients, it's easy, you can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger, you're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your, on your mobile phone. You can bi- whip up business reports, you can stay on top of your income, expenses and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble so grab some popcorn learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars i'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo.
1: So story number three, we have the 200, the 200, the 2016 Pirelli Calendar. Uh, it's an annual limited edition art item that's released by an Italian tire company, which I need to admit that I know this is famous. I'd never heard about it before this year. Um, it looks a little different this year. It's usually filled with photographs of nude or barely clothed models. And in this edition, it's shot by... Uh, Vanity Fair contributing photographer Annie Lebowitz and features 12 studio portraits of women renowned for their work in diverse fields including comedy sports philanthropy and art have you guys looked at stuff about this yeah it's been yeah. going through social media yeah so let's there's more I mean I could read more um, Amy Schumer was the one that I saw right away and uh, so she's on the December she's the grand finale um, and she's the one that isn't wearing very much she poses casually in lingerie and heels, holding a cup of coffee with a lipstick stain and giving the camera an irreverent look, which is like her. And she's like, um, can I help you? And during a pre- press conference, Lee Rewitt said the idea was that she was the only one who had not gotten the memo about wearing clothes. <laughs> so what do you think, Lee?
3: I, I think it's fantastic. I think um, it was actually, so, so uh, Schumer and... Um, I think it was Vanessa Williams, were the only two who weren't sort of fully dressed.
1: Player, yeah.
3: Um so so I mean it's it's really beautiful shots, you know, well composed, beautiful lighting, as you'd expect from from Lieberwitz. The Schumer one I found I've really enjoyed it because, you know, I've 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 done sort of behind the scenes in a couple of fashion shoots. I've been at some fashion shoots and so on, and and what sort of happens on the fashion shoot and what sort of ends up as the final images is very, very different, and I loved the Amy Schumer photo because that's actually sort of, you know, when, when, when the models aren't sucking their guts in and, and, and trying to flex and what have you, uh, yeah. male or female, um, that's the reality, and, and yeah, I, I really like the reality, so. Um,
1: right, I like that uh, background, you know, that you've seen that.
3: Yeah, yeah, sense. and yeah, so I, I definitely I like the, the realness of it, and from sort of like a, a dynamic point of view, this is the first time that, that Pirelli's done, you know, not your typical car, calendar girl sort of right. um, series, I'd be really interested, I'd be really interested to see sort of in two or three months' time, how, what's, the, what's the response been from the, the people who, like, i I've I wasn't aware of, like I'd heard of it before, but I wasn't really aware of it in terms of I got the calendar. So I'd be really interested to see how the response has been from people who normally get the calendar and what they think of it.
2: And how Mm -hmm. sales are affected because I I liked it. I got got a kick out of it. It was an
1: amazing group of people. Yeah, go ahead. I
2: just thought it was fun. I thought that it, I just thought I liked the humor in it and I liked, I just liked the whole concept of just a little bit rough around the edges. It was fun.
1: You know, it was I, interesting what you said about rough around the edges because you could, it was clear. She didn't make it look like she was somewhere else. I mean, they were like, they, they showed the edge of the seamless and everything mm-hmm. and like the floor of the studio. It was I liked that. Like, yeah, that was interesting. I watched um, Amy Schumer talking about having that photograph taken and how she did kind of do that thing where she like, you know, backed up and, and uh, Annie Lieberwitz was like, nah, lean over. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like just be be natural and, and she said she'd never felt more beautiful. I like, oh I love my body. I feel beautiful. So it is it it is interesting. So I I had one reaction, tell me what you think. I think there's part of me that I felt sort of like I it's kinda of hard to get for me, it was hard to get I hadn't heard. Oh okay, so I hadn't heard of this magazine before. So I went back in on their website to like look at a few of them. And I feel like it's like, so here, Sports Illustrated is something, uh, their swimsuit edition, is like what comes out all the time, right? And so if they decided one time not to do swimsuits, I sort of feel like you have a lot of, you know, I just I, I just don't like that. So <laughs> I feel like, you, I, I kind of like, well, it's nice what you did this year, but all the other years, not so great. <laughs> <laughs> Although they did do, I did like read up about their, like In, in uh, 2013, Steve McCurry photographed the calendar, so he's a National Geographic photographer, and he did models that had, it was actually, there's a video about it, and uh, they were models that all had these different causes, and uh, they loved being photographed by him, and it was really, it was kind of neat. So. It's,
3: you know, it's, 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 it's always nice when, I think images are great just as, as images, but it's wonderful when there's context. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like where you were, t- you, know, you were just talking about where, where each model in that National Geographic version had a cause that they were into. It's, it, it gives it a lot more color, which is nice. You know? Yeah, context is always good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they did pick an amazing group of people. It was pretty neat to... There are some places you can look and read about the different people and why they were chosen. for the And they, it's just a, an amazing group that they got together to do it. And Annie Leibovitz is the first woman that photographed the whole thing. Just a, There was a couple before that was a husband and wife team that did it. But it's the first time that... Uh, and I think she... Maybe Annie Leibovitz did it another time. I'm not sure. But it's the first time a woman shot the whole catalog for... I mean, the uh, calendar for them. We are going to move on to listener Q&A. And we have two questions this time. Um, first question is from Harry. He says, I just bought two portable external hard drives. They're one terabyte each. I'm looking for a good sync software. I keep all my pictures on an external drive that is hooked up to my Wi-Fi. I'm trying to sync the Wi-Fi connected hard drive to the new portable hard drives. Lee, what do you got for us?
3: Um, So I I do a lot of sort of synchronization because I'm fanatically paranoid about backup. I I think Alex Lindsay is the one who said, you know, something doesn't exist unless it exists in three places. Um, And here's the logic behind that, because if you think about it, let's say you've got all your photos in your computer and you've got a backup of that on on a hard drive. If your computer fails, in the day or two that it takes you to replace that computer, your backup hard drive is now the only copy. And if something happens to that... You now have no copies.
1: You know what? I um, I did a backup episode for my podcast, and I told a story oh. that from my – no, this is good because my cousin, what you just said, I was, uh, I, visit, I was visiting with my cousin, and he told me that's what happened to him. It was days between the two things, and he hadn't made a second copy, and he lost two years of family photo. Ooh. He couldn't – he was just like I, – I wanted him to come on the podcast to talk about it. He's like, Jen, I can't talk about it. Yeah. I keep oh, yeah. at night you know I mean and and it was it's he had a he had a backup drive and they both failed and they didn't so well
2: my, my husband always says it's like they fail around the same time you usually buy them around the same time and then they just start like my computer it's like all the drives are failing because they're all about four years
1: old what do you expect it's like, like all the appliances oh. in your house if you buy them all at the same time they yeah. all start
3: quitting. Yeah, so, so but getting back to sort of how I avoid yep. that, so so so, my setup, for example, I've got um, a six terabyte RAID drive, that's my main editing drive, and all my photos and videos that I'm working on are on there, mm-hmm. and at, I'm trying to think, the time times aren't important, so I've got an app called Carbon Copy Cloner, um, mm-hmm. and that's for the Mac, I, I believe they have a Windows version as well. Um, And it's really, really good because you can set up schedules and all that kind of stuff. And also, it it does what's called uh, delta backups, which means when it goes through the backup the next day, it doesn't backup all over again. It only backs up what's changed. changed. Mm -hmm. So I've got that set up to backup my my production drive. At 1 a.m. it goes to one Synology raid. At 3 a.m. it goes to another Synology raid. And at 5 a.m. it goes to a third Synology raid. Wow. once every three months, my father-in-law and my brother-in-law both have copies of everything that's on there as well, and I bring those in and sort of pull those out.
1: Is that a paid like what What kind of a service is that?
3: There's uh, well, well. So, so Carbon Copy Cloner oh. is is a paid app. Okay. Um, I think it's it was either really cheap, like twenty dollars, or it was pricey, like a hundred dollars. Okay. I probably should have looked it up. Sorry, guys. I should have looked that up. Okay. Um, so so Carbon Copy clone is really great. Also, there is a free version, uh, but I'd say it's it's great software. You should support the developers by yeah. it. Um, yeah. So that's great for the syncing. It also depends on how much stuff. So if you've got one terabyte, if your internet is fast enough, in other words, if you don't live in Australia or New Zealand, um, <laughs> you could potentially use the internet, like something like Dropbox or Copy.com or any of these other, you know, online services that allow you to upload, you could you could use those to synchronize the things as well. Having said that, the first one is going to take forever. Right. But once it's done, um, I believe you said it was Wi-Fi hard drives. So if they're Wi-Fi hard drives, they could be on the Internet. And those could be you could use those services to synchronize the stuff on those as well.
2: See, now I've been looking at just doing, um, I've been, you know, I've used like the Carbonite style, you know, you know there's cloud backup things. Um, I've looked at Amazon Drive. Amazon Drive isn't used for um, photography, they don't allow pro photographers to do it, but the Amazon um, allows you to do kind of deep storage for really cheap. And actually, it's free now for all photos. Um, so that's a good off-site storage. And then I do multiple hard drives here at home. And I haven't. And for big clients, what I'll do is I'll always keep my um, I keep my memory cards until it's uploaded onto the web and it's onto separate hard drives at home. Um, I don't reformat my memory cards or reuse them until I'm completely finished with the job and it's delivered.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. That's great. All right. We have another question. This one is from one of uh, the listeners of Twit Family. It's Joy. She's talking, asking about focus points. She says, I mostly use continuous focus with and for her sports photography, where she's using one spot and shuttle that spot around with the action. And for kids, is that what you would do? And then, for, and then, what for? What about a family portrait? Do you single single focus and then recompose? I often end up using S auto with a group, so the auto, so the camera will find the faces. I'd love to hear you talk about focus points and how to choose the best for the occasion. Eric,
2: ah, well, um, when I was using my 5D Mark III that had tons of point, focus points, I had a little thumb positioner thing and I could just cycle through the thumb, um, the focus point super fast so I did that a ton. Um, now that I'm using a 60 primarily and I like to keep it more in the center focus point I will focus recompose or I will use back button focus which um, separates the focus from the exposure setting on your camera, um, so they're not not both on the shutter. I think it really depends on if they're action and if their are kids running around. Then I'll do kind of like the hybrid between the auto, the the single shot focus and the um, the AI servo, like the the moving one. So it so it'll fix fo- fix on them, but if they start to move back or forth, it'll still capture and it. it will move with them. So it just really depends on what camera you have and how active the kids are, because. Kids can be stationary, playing in the sand and the dirt, or they can be, you know, going a million miles an hour. So it just really it depends. Um but what she uses is about what I do. Um, okay. So but what I do though is for my focus points, I know my lenses and I have my lenses like all micro adjusted. Um, so I know what the depth of field range will be and if the focus point will fall at the beginning of the of the lent, you know like where my camera decides focus focuses how much Further back, will it stay in focus at my upstop stop or my depth of field? So, if I'm taking a, a group shot of pick, uh, people, I will make sure that I'm focusing on the closest eye and that my depth of field is large enough to get the entire group. And so, if they're on a similar plane, probably about um, f4 to f5.6. And so, it's much more of a um, Of an a a thing with your aperture than it is with what focus point you're selecting and what you're how you're doing that. So I'd look much more at aperture than I would at um, focusing
1: for group shots. And Mm -hmm. you said you said something. I wanted you to say again. So you focus on the closest eye, eye. yeah, of the group. group. Like Mm -hmm. if you have a line of people, like yes,
2: because if. For me, if my cameras are properly calibrated, it'll be one-third will fall before that focus point, so I'll get the tips, of the nose in focus, and two-thirds will be back, so then I'll get their ears in focus as well, or the back of their hair. So if my camera is calibrated, right, that one-third part will get their eye, will set their whole face in focus. Okay. But what if the group is deeper? If the group is deeper, that is something I need to work on with f-stop, not with my focus points. Right, so.
1: right, right. So but so. where would you focus in a group Still that's their eye. three deep? But three three deep? deep. Which row?
2: I still focus on the front row. Okay. Absolutely. Because then if I'm still, because if my aperture is uh, is narrowing down, so if I'm shooting at like F5.6, my lens, if it's properly calibrated, will still have two thirds of the focus point behind that spot that I've picked for my focus. Yeah. All
1: right, Lee. What do you got to say about focus
3: point? Again, it depends on what camera you're using. So um, I'm I'm on the A7 line um, of the Sony's, and the the new ones, particularly the A7S Mark II and the AR Mark II, has oh. got a really good um, facial recognition. I was like for a mirrorless camera, I was amazed how good the autofocus on faces are. Um, I mean, I I don't I don't use autofocus that much because with video, it's it, it's all manual focus. So number one, I I it, particularly if, if it's a group, I'd suggest try manual focus and see, see how, how the naked eye goes. Um, a trick that I often use, particularly for interviews with video, like I love to shoot as shallow as possible. I'm, I'm a depth mm-hmm. of field snob. But the problem is, is that, particularly for a video interview, a lot of subjects, they'll move backwards and forwards, which you never make that mistake twice.
1: Mm-hmm, um, trying to take a picture of a kid swinging.
3: Yeah. Um, even if so, they're on
1: like a little swing on the porch, it's the same thing. They're moving backwards. and forth.
3: So, so, so the challenge there is, you know, I want a beautiful, knife bokeh behind them, but if they're moving backwards and forwards, well, now I've got to set my camera to f4. Like, I've, I've, I try to shoot interviews at 2.8 if I can, mm-hmm. uh, but oh, okay. realistically, f4, 5, 6, even higher. So what I do is I try and put as much distance as possible between my subject and the background. Yeah. So... I'll, I'll I'll go as far back as I can and have like up to you know ten feet of distance between them and the wall behind them or whatever was behind them, yeah. so that even if I am shooting not as shallow as I'd like because the because the background's further away it's gonna get a bit more of a blur to it than if it was closer up. So mm-hmm. that's that's another trick. Also, um, you know, try and have your room as well lit as possible because the the better your lighting is, um, the better the autofocus is gonna. Which is something that people don't sort of, a lot of times people are like, oh, why is it not focusing? And well, if you turn the light on, what hell?
1: Right. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't, people don't usually say that, but it's true. It needs, uh, the way the autofocus works, it needs to be able to see. So, yeah, I feel like it changes. It depends completely on the camera. That's one thing hmm. when I listen to you guys talk, I don't. So you both are using Sony? I'm using both Canon and Sony. Okay. And so and I'm
3: I'm I'm exclusively Sony.
1: You're exclusively Sony now. Okay. So I have a Canon 5D Mark II, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't have a lot of focus points, and really the best one is the center one.
2: Correct. That's like the 60.
1: That's what I just am like. I'm going to use the center one, but I also have a, a 7D, mm-hmm. and the focus oh, is that's much better.
2: So much better. It's a great. So
1: much <laughs> So if I'm going to go out. Um, Winter's coming, and I do like taking pictures of the kids sledding. If I'm going to do sledding pictures, I always take out the 70 Mm because I know that. So I think I kind of choose cameras partly depending on Mm. what the action is going to be like because it's so much better Mm -hmm. Um, because I, uh, yeah, so it depends on your camera. And uh, those are good. I like all of that. All right, if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, visit thisweekinphoto.com. Click on the submit a question link and send us a question or leave us a voice message. After this message, we are going to share our picks of the week.
0: This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online training platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just visit lynda.com slash twip. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-W-I-P. Now, lynda.com is for problem solvers, creative people, or just people who wanna make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel or learn negotiation tactics or build a website or even boost your Photoshop skills. Just go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. lynda.com offers a ton of courses on Lightroom, Photoshop, and the Adobe Creative Cloud, and many on just getting inspired or re-inspired about your photography. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, and you can stream thousands Thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule. And courses are structured so that you can watch them from start to finish, or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can even download tutorials and watch them on the go from your iOS or Android device. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or just want to learn something new, visit lynda.com twip and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash
1: twip. Let's jump into our picks of the week. Remember, you can pick anything as long as it is photography related. Lee, what do you have?
3: My pick is the road video mic me. Um, if anyone knows me, I am um, well, I'm I'm quite a snob, but I'm particularly a snob about audio. You know, If I, if I get onto a YouTube video and I start watching it and the audio is bad, I'm like, no, I can't. I just, no, no, close. I can't watch this. I know. So... Wait, can I
1: interrupt you for a second? I, I just wanted to say this about audio, because I just started my podcast six months ago and I don't think, I mean, audio is new to me, but I a friend of mine when I said that I was listening, like audio, I started to pay attention to audio, he just looked at me and said It's going to ruin your life (laughs) because of all these videos you can't watch anymore and podcasts you can't listen to.
3: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: So so you're an audio snob.
3: I am an audio snob. I have so many snobs and audio is one of them. So um, this, is, this is this is a new microphone. So Rode is Rode is a great um, Australian company that makes fantastic, uh, affordable microphones. And um, this is a really cool new microphone from them. It's specifically designed to use with smartphones, um, so Android or iPhone, but you could use it with a camera as well. So it's a nice little shotgun mic that you can just plug straight into your smartphone um, to capture better audio from video that you're recording with your smartphone. $100, $120, so not going to break the bank. And it will... It? Yeah, R O D E. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if so if you, if you just go to um, rode.com and this one the one that I'm re- recommending is the video mic me. So they've got the video mic me, which is for smartphones, and then they've got the video micro, which is sort of just for DSLR cameras. Sort of very similar, but but yeah, for something so small and cheap, mm-hmm. the amount that's going to improve your audio, you'll love it. It's a great mm-hmm. great stocking stuff up.
1: Nice.
2: All right. Very cool. Erica, what's your pick? Well, this is going to be unusual. Um, I picked an old lens that a friend convinced me to buy. So it's um, a Canon 50 millimeter macro lens. It's a 2.8 and, or 2.5, and I adore it. He does it for ring shots for weddings, and I've actually started using it for all of my detail work. And it is super sharp and you can get them used on um, Canon's refurbished site for about 200 bucks. So um, I ditched my 51.8 my nifty fifty I ditched my fifty one point four I ditched my fifty one point two and I just shoot with a fifty two point five now because it is a fantastically sharp cheap lens. It's a little loud um, but the the, the focusing
1: quality is
2: loud the focusing is loud so it's it a is little autofocus.
1: Small.
2: It's autofocus. Okay. Um, And so it fits our EOS cameras, but it is so incredibly sharp, and you can get so close to things if you want to for details that it is the best buy for a macro that I could ever imagine. And it works great as a regular portrait lens. It's I've gotten huge compliments from people, um, real professional photographers, on the files that come off that camera, off that lens.
1: That is great. Well, my pick was a macro lens, too. We <laughs> got to the battle I, I know, but I just, I wasn't actually, I, I was just going to say, just get a macro lens. Mm-hmm. Because I have so much fun with mine. <laughs> and I feel like if you're someone that takes pictures, I take pictures of kids and families, and the, uh, macro is just fun for me. It's like a different, mm-hmm. the other day I went for a walk and there was a lot of frost. And it was just a lot of fun. To go
2: yeah. out and see, I play yeah. with extension tubes. That's fun too. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you can... I'd,
3: I'd, like, I'd like to second um, just getting uh, vintage lenses. I picked up um, um, for those who are listening. I'm, I'm holding up. This is a Canon FD seventy to two hundred and ten f four zoom lens um, that I picked up off eBay with an adapter for my Sony cameras for a hundred bucks.
2: What fun!
3: And it is. A be- I mean, it's just a beautiful, just a. I mean, I would just put this up on the mantle because this is a beautiful old lens, I know, but I can it tell. works. I, can, I can feel it.
1: I'm like that. That feels different, right? <laughs> like it, it looks heavy and like great.
3: It, it's heavy, but compared to the 70 to 200s you get now, it's pretty light.
1: So it's yes or no on
3: autofocus? No. no.
1: But you don't care because you don't. I don't use care. It. Yeah. And mine works great for autofocus, and it so it
2: makes noise. It just makes noise.
1: <laughs> Sneak up on those, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. You're-
3: so, so not during the ceremony.
2: No, it's well, fine. You're far enough away. It's only 50 yeah. millimeters. Do so you, you clunk, clunk,
3: clunk, 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 clunk?
2: <laughs> I wouldn't do it for the ring exchange when you're recording the audio, but beyond that,
3: it's all good.
0: <laughs> Bless you.
1: Oh, that is funny. Yeah, so I just have a 100 uh, millimeter 2.8 that I use. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I just love it. And I one thing I have ways. At, photography makes me look forward to winter here more. Um, this winter, so far, we're having a really unseasonably wor- warm time. But last winter, right at the beginning of the year, it was so so cold in January. And I uh, I learned how to freeze bubbles. Oh, and cool. and oh them. Fun. And so I mean, anything to make you look forward to it being zero degrees Fahrenheit, right? I'd be like, well. I'm gonna go freeze some bubbles. So I have some photos of that. I've done it the past two years, and so and that's something I love my macro lens for is the uh, freezing of bubbles. And then the other thing I like about winter with the kids is that it's just like walking around in a huge reflector, like being on the beach. Mm-hmm. So it's super. It's great. All right. So um, before we sign off, tell me what you guys have in the coming months, Erica.
2: Well, I'm driving up to Washington, so I'm excited because hopefully I'll get some snow pictures of my kids sledding. So I'll take my advice, your advice, and bring my 7D. <laughs> yeah. Do some
1: panning. Do you yes. Know? On yes. Sledding, it's the way to go.
2: I will absolutely do some panning. I will do that, and I am also excited because I got official word that I have my first course going up on Linted.com in the next few months, and taking pictures of kids in the park in really bad light. So that'll be that'll be a fun.
1: Wait, <laughs> Wait is that the title? No, I don't know what the exact title's gonna where's, where's the title is going to
2: be. Working title. But <laughs> so you should see the videographers—they weren't too pleased. Like, why did you pick this light? I'm like, well, that's the point. <laughs> that's
1: the point. So your 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 Linda video is about working in harsh light.
2: Working in harsh light with kids. Oh, great. Well, congratulations. Thank that's you. Exciting. So we'll see how that goes. It's kind of fun. It'll be my first
1: one up there. All right. Well, I hope it's the first of many.
0: That's mm-hmm. great. All
1: right, Lee. What about you?
3: Um, I've got a couple of things, Um, I've got a photo walk in Sydney in February, Um, there'll be more details to follow about that, but quite exciting is, if I actually manage to finish editing it in time for the holiday season, oh which, oh yeah, next week, um, is... (laughs) Myself and um, a friend of mine, Simon Pollack, we've been out filming a whole bunch of things um, for safety and instructional videos on drones, because um, they are going to be, I think, the Christmas present this year, and a lot of people sort of just, oh yeah, cool, charge it, battery in, let's go, and they don't know the regulations around them, what you can do, what you shouldn't do, what you can't do. Um, so we've actually been working. Um, we've been speaking to a lot of government agencies and stuff, trying to find out the rules. And well, and it's 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 a grey area with some things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 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 if the moon is in the age of Aquarius and I'm holding my left hand up <laughs> yeah. and I'm flying at thirty miles an hour, is that? So yeah. But yeah, so that, that, there should at least be a few of those videos coming out um, probably next week. If you just go to my Facebook page, um, which is Capturing Passion, there'll be links to those on, on my Facebook page hopefully sometime next week.
1: Great. Now uh, say more about your photo
3: walk. Uh, the photo walk, so that's in conjunction. Um, so I write for an online magazine, a bunch of them, but one of them is an F-Stop Lounge. And we just like organizing photo walks um, around Australia every few months. So we've done a few in, in Melbourne, and we'll be doing another one in Sydney, it's the first one or second one in Sydney that will be running sometime in February.
1: Okay. That sounds great. And uh, for me, well, I'm just I'm continuing my big project of doing the new podcast. It's only six months old, like just like your baby, right Lee? You no, know, <laughs> yep. nine months. Six months or nine months.
3: Six six months on Thursday.
1: Six months. So yeah. So I just um I'm gonna keep chugging along with my podcast, I think I'm up to thirty episodes. It's been really exciting. And on January first, I'm doing something insane, and I'm cool. starting a uh, 365 project. As are you, Erica? Ooh, I know. Last time I only made it to like 40, and then <laughs> you're gonna make it all the way. We have a team. We have um. So I have a uh, Flickr group that some people are joining, and we're all gonna keep each other going. I've done one before.
2: And I think it's going to be fun doing it in a Flickr group because I got tired of bombing my Facebook page daily with the images, and so this will be a much smaller audience, which will make it more comfortable.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, when I did it, I only did it with about four people when I did it five years ago, but it it mattered. You know, you knew that they were waiting, even though you get behind a few days or whatever. You, we,
2: you know, we got them all done. You know, so every single time I've, I've done 365 twice and my photography skills have improved dramatically from them because I yes. pushed myself to try new things. And so it's an incredible opportunity to get really good really fast. I it's,
0: know that. I,
3: I, I would actually imagine that, that as your skills improve, the 365 gets a lot harder because… It does, like, like, like when your skills weren't quite at the same level, you're kind of like, yeah, that's a good photo, I'll upload that. Whereas now that your skills are at a higher level, you're looking at each, like you might take 20 photos in a day, like they're all rubbish. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 I, I need to find a good photo. <laughs> right, because you've learned.
1: <laughs> I know I was talking to uh, Rick Salmon, and he talked about different levels of competence with photography. And he, the first level was you're not good and you don't know it and Mm -hmm. then it's you're not good and you know it (laughs) and then you're good and you know it but it's like work like conscious competence like you have to really work at it and then you get to a point where
3: you're just good at it you don't have to think about it so is, 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 is there a theme to the 365 or just you've got to upload a photo every day
1: well everybody makes their own project I think it's really important that people just decide like if they're gonna people do all kinds of things some people do the whole year with prompts every day they have a prompt I I didn't do it like that. I just was going to put up some photo from each day. Um, each day of the year. That was important to me that it was each day of the year. Like if I took 30 photos in one day, I didn't get a month of photos. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm. you're going through the whole year. So every day Here is my left
3: foot here, is my right foot here, is my left hand here is
1: broken. I know it seems like that, right? It seems like and you know, there is some um, a certain level of monotony, but you find. I mean, I learned a lot. That's when I started doing macro stuff out of, you know, desperation because my kids were tired of me and one night I took pictures of the dirty dishes and my husband looked at me and said, "What is going on?" I did bubbles one <laughs> night from the dirty dishes. But,
3: but look at the light and the textures in there. Come on. Yeah.
2: I did bubbles. I've done lime slices. I've done, you know. <laughs> you
3: but that, know. you know what that's that's one of the things I love about photography is that the most mundane thing, like my my my, my wife studied photography, and she just has a natural she, – she's amazing. Like, we could walk down 100 meters, and I'll take 300 photos. She'll take three, and all three will be better than mine, because she just she just, she just sees things that I don't see.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it does. It trains you to really – I feel like when I did it before is when I started to really notice – a lot more like uh, I was talking about snow so it would make me notice the snow in a way that I didn't before like if the flakes were really big I was like oh we're getting out there get your boots on let's go you know <laughs> like, I would just notice things that I didn't and I carried my camera more so I ended up taking photos in I just wouldn't have had it with me if I didn't have to get a picture that day so I think it's hard I think it's hard and I tried after I did the 1, 365. I tried to do like a weekly photo or I'll post as you know, like I posted for about a month, but nothing got me the results that the 365 did. So. That's and I tried I, to I'm do a
2: portlet, anymore. a portrait 365 last year, and oh, that wow. was too much. That's too hard.
1: Wow. Yeah. And I think
2: that's hard. Yeah, I, I discovered. I tried. I really tried, and I just said, I, I can't do this. <laughs> but. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. So anyone who wants to join our Flickr group, it's uh, I'll put a link in the show notes because it's awesome. It's a long time. But it's TWIP Family Three Sixty Five Project 2016. But there'll be a link there. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of TWIP. Thanks to Fresh Books and Linda for their support. Where can our audience keep up with you, Lee?
3: Um, so, yep, my, my, I'm, I'm pushing it really hard because it's new. Uh, my Facebook page is capturing passion. Um, and on other social medias, I'm Lee Herbert everywhere. So L-E-E-H-E-R-B-E-T, only one R in her bit.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. And Erica? And it's kind of fun. I'm the only Erica Thornis in the world. I'm spelled with a K, so E-R-I-K-A. And then my last name is like Loch Ness Monster, but it's Thor, T-H-O-R-N-E-S. And I am active on Facebook. I'm getting active on Instagram. I'm on Google Plus. And um, you can find me, in, I'm writing for Focus. You can find me anywhere and send me a message and I We'll get back to you if I see it because I really, really love interacting with people and helping them with photography. So find me, follow me, and if you have any
1: questions, please feel free to ask. That is great. All right. And you can find me on at Twip Family, my podcast, and so uh, so that's right here, On and uh, you can email me, j-e-n-n-y, I'm Jenny with a y, at twip.pro. I love hearing from people, and uh, questions about family photography and people you'd like to hear from on my show, so go over to uh, thisweekinphoto.com family. I have a Facebook page for that, and then my personal Facebook page is uh, Jenny Stein Photographer. Frederick will be back next week, and I hope he has some good stories from Vietnam. And with that, it's time to take your lens cap off.
0: This week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn. With technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.